Welcome everyone to an episode, (laughs) another episode of the Life Plus God podcast. My name is Alyssa Robinson. I am here with Reverend Gracie Millard, our Associate Pastor of Serving Ministries. Hello. So glad that you're here. Thanks for having me. So today we're asking a really hard question. What's new? (laughs) (laughs) That there's not a lot of solid answer around, Mm -hmm. but there's kind of some guesses. I don't know, but tis the season. So we are asking the question, what happened between Jesus's death and resurrection? We're coming up on Easter uh, and Holy Week is a huge part of that. Honoring the last days of Jesus's life is a huge part of that, leading to the resurrection. Our last service before Easter is Good Friday, Mm -hmm. uh, in which we are remembering the crucifixion of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then we wait. Mm -hmm. And what happens during that time? What do we know biblically? Um, so before we get into what the Bible says, yeah. I'd like to talk about what are some of the h- theories that you've heard around these three days and what was happening when Jesus was in the tomb or not in the tomb. I don't know. Right. <laughs> right. Um, I think I haven't really heard any, I guess I've never given really any credence to any that I've heard. Um, but kind of the gist of what you kind of alluded to before, well, before we were talking before, um, of that he, that somehow Jesus went to the dead. Jesus went to quote unquote hell, um, to, and did various things. Some people are like, he fought Satan or he, he freed all the souls from the dead. Um, that's kind of the most of what I've heard. Um, I can't think of anything else that I've heard. Yeah, I, I wrote down some of the theories that I've heard or that I've read about or that I've seen some faith traditions reflect. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm actually uh, saying this any of this correctly, according to those faith traditions, but I'm just going off of the things I've heard. So the one thing you mentioned is Jesus took on all the sins of the world. And because of that, he was in hell taking our punishment on Mm -hmm. our behalf. Mm -hmm. And so this idea that like every sin that has ever been committed or ever will be committed, Jesus took on his shoulders. And as a result of that, he descended into hell for three days. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's horrifying because then the thought is that the crucifixion was only the beginning of the suffering. Even though he said it is finished. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's one theory (laughs) that I've heard. Right. Um, Another one is the spiritual battle theory of like he and his army of angels were battling Satan for three days to save us from evil. Mm. So I kind of think of it as like the, you know, final 
uh, scene of Harry Potter. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Good is fighting evil. Um, Another one is I've heard is that he was in heaven for those three days. So he went Mm -hmm. directly to heaven and then his spirit came back to be with the people, but not his body. And so it's this idea Mm. of like immediately after death, like he, so I guess the thought is like he was laid in the tomb, but like his spirit had already left his body like before Hmm. he was even placed in the tomb. Hmm. So like, but I get confused by that too of like, okay, then why did the body disappear? Um, And then Mm. the, the last one that I've heard is his spirit. And you, you mentioned this one, his spirit traveled to proclaim to imprisoned spirits. That's Uh like I imprisoned in quotes, but like, um, so like in first Peter three, mm-hmm. 18 through yeah. 22, it talks about like he went to get Abraham and Moses. So it's not like people who are in hell, but it's this idea. I, it feels to me like our explanation of, okay, what about the people who died before Jesus got here and mm-hmm. didn't have the chance to hear the message of Jesus and believe in who Jesus was. Mm -hmm. And so our answer is like, oh, it's okay because he reclaimed the souls during those three days Mm -hmm. and brought them up to heaven with him. Right. Um, So we don't really talk about that passage Mm -hmm. much, but that's a lot of different theories. Yeah. And I'm not sure, like, I guess that last one, first Peter is based in scripture Mm -hmm. Um, but what does the Bible specifically say about those three days between Jesus's death and resurrection? What do we know? Yeah. Um, not very much. Um, the only thing I found and the only thing that anybody else seemed to find, cause I looked up just to make sure is the only thing that has any reference to what happens in between is Jesus, when Jesus is on the cross and he says to the criminal next to him to very truly tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. And that's the only indication of what might be going on in between. Um, But even that is pretty vague. I mean, Mm -hmm. because then does that mean that Jesus, we see that Jesus' body is still there. Um, And so then it gives like what happened, you know, do when we die do we go to paradise immediately or is there like some sort of anyway intake uh, right exactly (laughs) is there some sort of line we gotta go through (laughs) um but that's the only thing in scripture and then the other thing that came that came up was that first peter passage which i had never like that is should we should we read it because i feel like it's something that we don't address very often but it is intriguing. Okay, so this is First Peter three eighteen through twenty two, and I don't know. Like, tell me a little bit about First Peter. Is mm-hmm. it written by? Is this Peter's account? Historically, it's a letter Peter's writing to a church. Okay, so and so Peter would have yeah. So Peter would have been on the scene, pretty mm-hmm. up close and personal. Um, 
to this whole experience. Uh, so it says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. Hmm. After being made alive, he went and made procl- proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. And in it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of clear conscience toward God. So I got confused there at the end. But um, so he mentions Noah, sorry, not Abraham. Okay. Um, so he's saying after after being made alive, what he did is he went to proclaim to the imprisoned spirits... Um, and it sounds like all of the people that God killed in the flood. Right. Like, where did this, where does this come from? I, I was very puzzled by this and other people seem to be as well. Like other Bible scholars, because it's like, there's very few references to Noah in the New Testament. Yeah. Um, I think to me, it tells more about baptism and the purpose of baptism versus um and about salvation in general versus what actually jesus did in the three days um but that's you know my personal interpretation of that um because it seems to just talk more about like the whole thing of like the Noah's flood, like the flood is, was God cleansing the earth and baptism is also a cleansing. And so to me, that's more what it's talking about, but I don't really understand because it also doesn't say where the imprisoned spirits are, why they're imprisoned. Mm -hmm. Like it's a very, um, it also doesn't specifically mention it's the three days between death right. and resurrection. Yes. So that's it just where says I w- after being made alive, which actually Jesus traveled to many different places and revealed himself to many different people after resurrection. Right. Yeah. So that's where I was like, I don't like sure if you want to use this as, but it doesn't. It, to me, it's not clear evidence that's yeah. like, yes, this, this is what points happens. to exactly what happened. Okay. No, so we have me. so we have the verse that Jesus said, Today you will be with me in paradise. Are there different uh versions of that from gospel to gospel? Mm-mm. It's the same. That's o- well, no, that's only in Luke. Oh, so okay. that's only found in Luke. Um Is there, so outside of Luke, is there mention of like any thoughts around those three days? So in Matthew, there's something of when Jesus, um, you know, is on the cross and when he dies, it's, there's this, you know, rumbling in, uh, the veil tears in the temple and that there's kind of like an earthquake and, um, there's something about like the souls of people, should look it up um so there's some sort of um supernatural thing happening there about like that jesus's death has liberated all the souls from before but that doesn't say anything about where jesus was but that's the only other kind of reference to other other thing other people's Mm -hmm. death around jesus's death so yeah and i know that there are also 
some people who believe that um, the reclamation of souls is not going to happen until Jesus comes back. Hmm. So, yeah, I, I, mean, I don't uh, know. would you mind reading that scripture the Matthew for us? Passage? That, yeah, that you just mentioned. Okay, so Matthew 27. Um, so Jesus cries out to God, um, and then they fill, they give them the sponge, and Jesus cried out with a loud voice and breathed his last. That's verse 50. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. After his resurrection, they came out of the tombs and entered the holy city and appeared to many. That is a scripture we also don't talk about Mm -hmm. very often of like, Jesus was not the only resurrection. And like there were potentially a lot of dead bodies brought back to life. Yeah. And According to Matthew. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The, apparently they appeared to many people. So, um, but it doesn't say that Jesus, Jesus spirit did yeah. that. Or I mean, like that Jesus went there to, you know. Um, it's not like with Lazarus where he was like, Lazarus, come out. Like right. he didn't go to these places and summon these people. Right. Huh. So, no, it's a very, um, yeah, when you when you asked me this question or if I would do the podcast about this, I was like, I mean, yeah. I, I guess. I know. <laughs> I think, I don't think there's, I know like anything about what happens in between. Um, so it was, it was interesting to think about. Well, and it, to me, it's such a mystery and it's something that in the Methodist tradition, we kind of just gloss over of like, we go from good Friday to Easter Sunday and we don't really do Holy Saturday services. Mm -mm. Like we don't do anything to commemorate Jesus's time in the tomb or Mm. like what could have been happening, what that means. And maybe it's because we don't have any biblical uh, evidence to support what was happening during that time. Mm -hmm. But it just feels like a huge missing piece Mm -hmm. of this puzzle that we don't really acknowledge. And um, so do you know what the United Methodist Church says about the three days between death and resurrection? Yeah, I looked to see if there was anything, and there's not. They um, don't have any doctrine around it. Um, And I would be be surprised if any church besides maybe the Catholic Church does have any doctrine around it. Um, We do. I was checking. We do have like a prayer that you can read on Holy Saturday is what they call it. But that's it. That's all that they have. Um, I've seen a couple of churches before have Easter vigils. Um, but yeah, we don't have. I think um, I I was kind of going back and forth on like, is this something to recognize? Like, is this something that we want to that we need to celebrate, but honor, recognize as a church. Um, But I I feel like Good Friday is 
like based in scripture, we have the things of what happened and that that Holy Saturday is just kind of this day of mourning. Mm -hmm. And so I've seen that some churches, some other traditions will do like a funeral service of types because that's what happened to Jesus's body was that it was prepared and, um, you know, buried and he was buried on that Saturday. Um, but that's, to me, it's like, it can be a collective day of mourning. Um, but there's nothing else really to do. Does the scripture specifically say three days? Um, so Jesus, when he's in his ministry and he'll, when he refers to that, he'll be, that he'll be put to death and that after he'll say like, and after, and at three days, I will, after three days, I will be raised mm -hmm. or after three days, he'll be raised from the dead. Um, so, um, he, he says it before, um, and I know we like get, we get all technical of like, well, it's not really three days. It's really a day and a half. I know that's what I'm, it's <laughs> but, always bothered me. I'm yeah. like, it's a day and a half at best. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> um, so I, right. So I was looking and it's like for Jewish, like in the Jewish tradition, it was just like since it spanned over three days, like that's what they, they go ahead and call it three days. Mm -hmm. Even though for us, we're like, it's really only 36 hours. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> like, cal like calm down. Um, so the thought is Friday's day one, Saturday's right. day two, Sunday's yeah. day three. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, it's, so it feels longer, but it's like the two, two nights in there. Yeah. What, counts. what do you think? And I don't know if the Bible has an answer to this, but the significance of it being three days, yeah. because like, why couldn't he have just died? And then the next day been mm -hmm. like, I'm back. Like right. you didn't get me. Um, so because, and I've heard people say that it's so people know he's dead. Right. So that like, there's no question of like, oh, he actually didn't die on right. the cross. He was near death and right. then recovered. Was able to recover. Yeah. yeah. Um, is that the only reason? I mean, there is that. And like, that's what happens with Lazarus too. Like if um, you look in John 11, that's Lazarus. They're upset that, that Jesus hasn't been there and like that he shows up on the fourth day after his death. And so they're like, he's really gone. Like, yeah. because, and I also, um, was like double checking and it's because they believed the spirit was with them for the body. The spirit didn't leave the body until after three days and that it like mm. remained with the body. So I would have to look more into, um, like where they kind of got that, but I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know if that if there's anywhere that tells us why they got that. But, um, so yeah, it's, it is to like say, yeah, he's really dead, but because they believed that like the spirit was maybe still like lingering with the body after three days and then after, or after three days, then it was, then the, they were separate or whatever. Um, so there is that, and Part. that's specific to Jewish tradition of the understanding that spirit remains with the body. And so that's why Jesus would have said in three days, I'll, I'll come back. Right. Because they would have, they would have known that, okay, that means at that point, your spirit would have been separated from right. your body. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's what I, that's where I 
seem to find and pot like coming up um and from multiple sources um but also that there's the pattern of three days in scripture um so in creation of the third day of creation is when the first life comes um so the first day is the sky and the no light <laughs> second day is the sky and land and then the third day is the land and uh water and like vegetation i'm sorry if i got that wrong but i know that the third day is the first life appears and then on the second third day which is like the sixth day is when human humans are created and god makes this covenant with humanity um and so there's that significance of that the three days uh new life comes and then um like in Jonah is, you know, reborn after like regurgitated after three days. So there's a pattern in the Old Testament about three days. So it's um, not completely random. And the fact that Jesus has like repeats that three days in his prediction and like forewarning, I guess, of his death and resurrection. So um, Jesus is not random <laughs> picking that three days yeah. he's like three sounds like a nice solid number <laughs> no there is a method to this right apparently um speaking of method back yeah. to methodist yes here we go <laughs> Get, that's a great smooth um, transition thank you so you you already mentioned in the united methodist doctrine we don't really have any specific belief structure around these three days mm -hmm. which doesn't surprise me because yeah. um it's similar uh, if you look to the methodist doctrine around hell like there's not a concrete mm -mm. belief system around like right. what is hell what is you know and that's one of the things I like about mm -hmm. the UMC is like there's a willingness to sit in mystery and wonder and mm -hmm. say, hey, we're not going to write down on paper an absolute belief about these things that aren't clear. Yeah. Um, but we did uh, subscribe to the Apostles Creed. Mm -hmm. And within the Apostles Creed, there's a part that claims, I believe uh, Jesus descended into hell and on the third day he rose from the dead and i could read it verbatim yeah. but i think i will yeah let's go be for it. let's be yeah, I was gonna say, uh ecumenical and <laughs> let me see i need to start from the beginning to in order to get where to yeah. that part i'm gonna read you the whole <laughs> apostles creed it's only i when i was looking at, i did a lot of research there's only 110 words so okay can, so bear with me long. folks uh <clears throat> I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born in the, of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. And then we have, like, I believe the in Holy the Holy Spirit, Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. So I've said this apostles creed mm -hmm. over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And it says he descended into hell. And mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm proclaiming, I believe right this, yeah. but we're saying, mm, we aren't I, like, I, this confuses me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I do think, um, 
No, I do think it's really interesting that that is in there because everything else is pretty much like pretty clear, like in scripture and repeated, you know, in multiple places in scripture about, um, you know, forgiveness of sins, um, God, God, the father almighty, like everything is pretty direct and like, yeah, I'm all about this. Um, the apostles creed is subscribed to by all Christian like traditions and except for the ones who are like, like Unitarian or like some other things like that. So, but they don't claim to be Christian. So they, anyway, um, every Christian denomination subscribes to the apostles creed. Um, but when, so growing up, I grew up in the United Methodist church. We, when we recited the apostles creed, the, there's two versions in the book of worship or in the hymnal, whatever. Um, and one of them has that line of that. He descended to the dead. Others do not. And I grew up reading the one that did not have that. Um, and I saw that there's an asterisk that has that at the bottom, um, that says some versions include this. And so I never thought about it because we didn't read that part. Um, but so I was looking up, And actually in the 830 service, the version that we read says that he descended to the dead. And um, I was like, oh, I've never I've never said this. And I well, but it saying he descended to the dead is different than saying he descended. Well, yeah, hell, because hell to me signifies mm -hmm. separation from God. Right. But Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Paradise is not separation from God. Right. So like, yeah. So in the the UMC version like the you uh, in the like hymnal that you could find in any United Methodist church, it will it wouldn't say descended to hell. It would say descended to the dead. Um, which so at first I was like, okay, that's that is very two different things. And so when I was looking up, like why do some, why are we allowed to take one line out of this Apostles' Creed? Um, so like the earliest version that they can find of the Apostles' Creed does not have that line about that he descended to hell. Um, and I was like, okay, that's when was that weird. added in? So yeah, I was looking up kind of this history of the Apostles' Creed, and there's some versions or there's some scholars who see that in the Eastern church, cause the Eastern church and the Western church, you have kind of like the, um, like Antioch and Alexandria. So like for, for on the Eastern side of the Mediterranean, like Egypt and Syria and Georgia, like that area versus like the Latin church, which is like Europe. Um, it's, you kind of get the gist anyway, so that they have distinctions in the Eastern church that popped up a little earlier, but in the West about like 400 or so, I think is what they were saying. Um, and that's, it started popping up and then the, uh, Western church picked up on it and added it in like to their official version in like 750 or 800 or something like that. Mm. Um, but the apostles creed, they have, from like the first couple century, like two second century, maybe second or third century. Um, so they had been have they'd had it for a while. Um, and so that's kind of an interesting thing to have this addition to this hundreds of years old, very like 
ecumenical, like, this is our beliefs. And like, oh, yeah, we're going to add in this little line about he descended to hell. Um, well, and- it's weird, those those little, so like the addition in the Apostles' Creed, I recorded an episode with uh, Pastor Daniel a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about in the book of Mark, the uh, added text at the end mm, of it that's mm-hmm. like, because Mark actually ends with the women uh, seeing that the body was gone and walking away afraid and like nobody actually saw the resurrection of Christ right? and how they added, like they put an addendum on the end basically is like, but he did, he did raise (laughs) rise from the dead, you know? And so it, these weird little add ons Mm -hmm. and I I can't help but feel like religious politics were at play in one way or another, like who, whatever uh, group of, theologians was in power at the time was like now we're changing this right and so that reminded me that it some of the things because I was like where do they get this idea that all of a sudden so um there were other gospels around if you'll recall that they didn't have like the canon completely yet and people were still reading like other gospels even if like once they did have the canon and so there i think there were there's this other gospel i think of nicodemus is what i found um that had had some things about what happened in the three days oh really but we I mean, I never seen these gospels or I'd I'd never heard of the gospel of Nicodemus, but I've heard of it, but I've never read it. But yeah, I don't know if there's a translation of it or like a way for us to read it at all. But so that can make a little more sense to me that like there was some they had some text that was talking about what happened in those three days. And so but like the fact that we didn't feel like it, that the Christ, the church didn't feel like that was canon, like that that was aligned with everything else that was said about Jesus, like in Mark, Luke, and John, and Matthew. Sorry, Matthew. Um, that then I'm like, okay, then why did you... Like I, part of me thinks that they've they've read this gospel of Nicodemus and they're like that gives some some beef to like what happens in the three days. And so then they have this tradition and then they kind of are like, no, but we don't believe the gospel of Nicodemus, blah, blah, blah. But like the, that tradition held on really strong. And so they like continued to hold on to the tradition of it, even though it wasn't necessarily scriptural compared with the scripture that they did like hold as true. So part of me is like that this is more about tradition versus a scripture. Yeah. Um, But I feel like the only way, and I don't know, I mean, obviously I haven't read the book of Nicodemus. You haven't read it. (laughs) We don't know what's in it. Yeah. But unless it was Jesus himself saying, Hey, here's where I've been. This is what I've been doing. Then nobody, nobody, there's no way to know. There's absolutely no way to know. Right. And, in all of our gospels, Jesus doesn't say where he was right. in those three days, which I'm like, that's a, like, that to might me, have been my first question. Yeah. Like, I don't where know. Where were you? Yeah. Like, where have you been? Yeah. Like, but that's actually a really good point is like the fact that Jesus never talks about that makes, uh, makes me wonder like how much we should spend wondering about what happened in those three days, because not that I think it's okay to question and wonder, but like that I think it's okay that we don't put a lot of emphasis on what happened in those three days because Jesus doesn't like, um, Jesus is all about 
talking about like, well, I'm What's here next? now yeah. and I am resurrected. Like, and like you can do this, like, like you were called to, you know, be my followers now and do these things that I have taught because I am resurrected. It's almost like Jesus almost like, it doesn't matter where I was. Like, it's not your problem. <laughs> like, don't worry about it. Yeah. But we're like, but we want to know. Yeah. Um, I think it's okay to be curious, obviously. But um, but that was kind of like where my line of thinking was going of like, Jesus doesn't bring it up. So how much should it really matter to us or like affect our faith of like what he was doing during those days? I'm going to imagine what he did during his life and after is a little more important. Well, well, to that end, do you have a personal belief of what happened in those three days? Gosh, I, this made me really question. I, I never really thought about what I just always thought about it as I, I just assumed that he went to, he was with God, like, and was in paradise. Cause that's just but I never really thought hard about what was Jesus like really doing? Like what mm-hmm. was his activity? But to me, like, I guess I always just assumed he just went to be with God and that's it. The end of story for me. It didn't bother me that, that I didn't need anything more. Yeah. That. And then he had to come back and deal with the disciples. Exactly. All over again. Like, uh, <laughs> this is really nice. I'm going to enjoy these 36 it's hours. It's like having to come back from a vacation. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Can I say something about the descended to hell uh, line? Like that that people, um, some people, like we've added the modern interpretation of hell. Like we've read into it, but they have. Um, so people who are proponents of keeping this line are like, it really just means he descended to the dead as in he was dead. He was like dead just like every other human being has died um so like i can ascribe that belief a little i can i can put a little more like i believe that that he really died a human death if that's what they're trying to say i don't i don't personally believe he went to the place of hell and like that that's but because there is hades and there's gehenna which were like two different understandings of like hades is just where dead people are and Gehenna was like the torture whatever situation and so but we only have the one word hell and what we understand like in modern day we attribute hell to be like the torture chamber um do you know what the original language of the apostles creed was probably greek probably like do you do you know that word hell like where Mm. what word we interpreted that from in the modern day apostles creed that's a good question so that's that's the thing is since it was uh we the earliest copy i would assume is in greek um i don't know if that's i i would have to look up i don't know actually because i'm i'm thinking So in our modern language and our modern understanding, probably because of Dante's Inferno and a whole bunch of other stuff, we hear the word descend and Uh we automatically think, oh, hell's down there, Uh heaven's up there. So Mm -hmm. that means if it says descended to the dead, Mm -hmm. that he's in hell. He's, you know, doing 
hell things. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> like, I, I'm so, yeah, I think maybe you're right. Maybe it is our own uh, cultural influence infringing on the meaning of the words and, and mm-hmm. we're looking too much for it, something that w- it was never intended to be. Right. Yeah. And so for me, I'm like, I can get on board with saying that, yeah, Jesus really died. Yeah. But also to me, like him say, like, I believe in Jesus Christ, the only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. To me, that's saying he died. Yeah. Like, you don't need that extra line. You don't of, need like, to say he descended to the dead. We yeah, already said that. We already said he died. <laughs> yeah. Um. So to me, it doesn't, I, it doesn't feel necessary, but you know, yeah. I was not there and they wouldn't have listened to me anyway. <laughs> so, um, you, you've already, I, I think that it was an interesting point that you made that like, Hey, Jesus didn't really talk about it. Like how much time should we be spending on this? Mm-hmm. How much time? And I guess the answer is a 45 minute podcast, <laughs> right. but this much <laughs> is exactly. But, yeah. But I'm wondering, like, I do think that there is merit in honoring Holy Saturday oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, um, and, and we don't really do it uh, colloquially as right. a Methodist church. There right. are one-off congregations sure. that do, like you said, Easter vigils, Holy Saturday services, Holy Saturday prayers, things like that. But is there um, something, a way that we can approach these three days to honor it? Hmm. Should we like be putting more time? Because I think one of the benefits of it is like we... We do Good Friday mm-hmm. and it's a service of mourning and then we treat our Saturday just like any other Saturday yeah. and we go out and we d- we have, have a date night and we yeah. do brunch and we mow our yards and whatever it is that we're yeah. doing and then suddenly it's Easter. Like, are we actually taking the time that yeah. day deserves to be in the waiting and mm-hmm. sit in the grief of it? Yeah. And, uh, and no, we don't because that doesn't sound like fun. <laughs> no, <laughs> right. Exactly. No, I, that's a really good point. I think that hit me for the first time last year um of realizing like this is like we need to be treating it a little more or I need to be honoring it a little more I think because the way that I um like honored it was like on good friday like reading the story of like and I stopped at his crucifixion like I stopped the story there and it kind of was like it's a horrible way to leave that story, but also like that's how they all left mm-hmm. that store. And so to me, it was like I wanted to kind of sit. I want. I wanted to have my mind be of the same of like this is what the disciples and Mary and um, Mary, his mother, Mary Magdalene. I say including the disciples. Um, this is what they were feeling. Um, they were hopeless. And so to me, I was like, I just, I need to, I I wanted to sit a little bit in the hopelessness um, just to recognize what they, the first Easter was like and real, and because it also makes Easter that much more joyous. Mm -hmm. I mean, because we have the whole, we, we celebrate, we recognize Lent as the whole 40 days of sort of mourning and or and fasting. But that Holy Saturday is really like the kind of the crux of it all, because 
Good Friday was like changed the world and we didn't know that Easter was coming. Mm-hmm. And so to me, like Saturday, Holy Saturday is the only day you really get, to, you should like, we really have to honor that we did like Jesus died, mm-hmm. that Jesus died and they didn't know he was coming back or they didn't believe it. Um, Cause he had told them a lot of times and he was like, even when he came back, he's like, I literally told you so many times. Um, but that, uh, yeah. So I what think- did you do differently last year that helped you to sit in that for a little bit? Yeah, I think I, I didn't do like, I didn't, I'm trying to think exactly what I did. I think I, I did, I I prayed and I think I read the scripture of like that, you know, his to his body was prepared, but, um, and just kind of didn't do anything of real significance that day of like, um, like I'm going to go run my errands today. Or like, I think I kind of took that as a Sabbath, like of trying to honor it, but I recognize it was easier for me to do. I don't have kids. I'm not, um, you know, they're not playing in soccer games and stuff, but, um, just like having, um, at least like an hour of acknowledgement of like, Hey, this is a really, um, actually important part of the Easter of the Easter story mm-hmm. because without because the, the thing is always like without good Friday, we don't have Easter, but we also don't have good Friday or we don't also don't have Easter without that day in between yeah. um, where there was just hopelessness. And I think it is it when, when you have experienced death. So I experienced my first major death in 2020 mm-hmm. and Holy Saturday hit differently after Mm. that because I had been through the experience of the 24 to 48 hours after Mm -hmm. my grandmother's death. And there's like a numbness Mm -hmm. of like, and a feeling that, well, like nothing matters, Mm. nothing matters anymore. And it is kind of like a hopelessness Mm -hmm. that you sit in. And like, I remember that feeling Mm -hmm. and it's not a happy feeling, Mm-mm. but I think that it's necessary in our grief process mm-hmm. to sit in that a little bit. Um, so maybe Holy Saturday isn't as much about what was Jesus doing, but mm-hmm. more about how are we responding? Mm-hmm. How are we yeah. uh, r- sitting in this moment where we, and sitting in that mystery of like, we don't know where he is. We don't know what he's doing. Yeah. And if you try to put yourself in the the shoes of Mary, the disciples, you know, and we don't know that he's coming back. Right. And yeah, I mean, it, he, Easter hits differently. <laughs> yeah, no, it really does. After that. Yeah. And we are just so quick to gloss over like the uncomfy feelings of, and of grief. Like we don't want to have to sit there if we don't want, if we don't have to. Um, but it really, I think it, it probably honors like all, it just, to me, it honors all parts of life. Like mm-hmm. that it's, that's a real part of our life. And it was a real part of Jesus's life was that he died. Yeah. Like Jesus died. (laughs) We get to celebrate the resurrection every day, but 
we he, we should probably recognize that that means that he died. Yeah. So. Well, here here's what I'm going to do for y'all people, y'all listeners. <laughs> um, so let's try this coming Holy Saturday to sit with it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to publish uh, a podcast episode that uh, Pastor Karen recorded for us a, a few years ago called Waiting in the Tomb, mm. where she does like a little devotion for Holy Saturday and kind of guides us through like the thoughts and feelings of that day. Mm. And I know, like Gracie said, neither of us have kids. Like we can choose on that <laughs> Saturday to be like, you know what? I'm not going to make any plans today. Right. I'm going to take a day of rest. Totally understand that might not be a possibility for you. You got mm-hmm. kids, you got grandkids, you got, you know, all sorts of stuff going on. Like springtime gets crazy. We get it. But maybe you could take 15 to 20 minutes on Saturday morning to wait in the tomb mm-hmm. a little bit. And uh, we'll see you. We'll see you on Easter. All right. All right. Thanks, Gracie. Thanks for having me. The Life Plus God podcast is hosted, written, and produced by me, Alyssa Robinson, and sponsored by Treach Memorial United Methodist Church in Flower Mound, Texas. If you live in the Flower Mound area, I invite you to stop by and see if Treach could be your new church family. You can learn more about all of our programs and events at tmumc.org, and I hope to catch you next week for our next episode of the Life Plus God podcast.